If you have ever shaken in your boots because you had to conduct an interview and you didn't know what to do, today's podcast is for you. You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. Now, before we really jump into today's episode, I want to let you know that um, there will probably be some background noise. There are little boys in my house right now as I'm recording, and my options were to uh, record with some background noise or to wait until I had a quiet house, and well, you can see what I chose. <laughs> so you may hear a visitor or two to the podcast. Just wanted to let you know. I will also share that I have a bit of um, a, well, I have a double ear infection, <laughs> so I can't hear very well, and I think I sound weird. So anyway, if you think I sound weird, you're not the only one. But today we are talking about how to conduct interviews, um, namely of sources. Um, so every now and then you'll have a writing assignment, whether you're working on some kind of article or maybe an email or something that's more like B2B, uh, white paper case study type of thing. And you'll need to conduct an interview. Now, if you're doing a case study, there is a pretty, um, specific way to approach that interview. You can learn more about that in Copy Confidential if that's something you want to go into. But regardless, you may have to interview some, generally speaking, some subject matter experts. And so how do you do that in a way that gets you the information you need, gets you some good what we call sound bites in the biz, and also what, um, how do you prepare for this interview and conduct it in a way that makes you not feel like a doofus? <laughs> That's I'm all about not feeling like a doofus, even though there are many times when I do feel like a doofus. However, I keep going and I want you to keep going too. So I hope this helps. Now, when you are going into an interview, one of the very first things that you need to do is get really clear on what is the goal of this interview? What kind of information do you need? What kind of um, like holes do you need to fill in your thing? Or what do you need clarified? What do you hope to get specific statements on? Things like that. So as you prepare for your interview, and you need to prepare for your interview, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to call Joe the expert tomorrow and then show up on the call. You need to do some legwork. That's why um, you should charge more for things that require interviews because they require not only the interview time, but all your prep time and um, the time it takes for you to sort through the interview and kind of synthesize the information after the fact. It's not just to show up and do it kind of thing. Not if you want to do it right. And we want to do it right. So figure out what your goal is. And from there, you can make your list of specific questions that you need an answer to or very specific topics you want commentary on. Um, and then that will give you 
kind of a sense of what you want to talk about. Now, don't script out all of your questions and expect to just sort of go down this list of questions with your interviewer. Um, What you're doing is you're preparing yourself to be able to ask the right things when the time comes. And you need to have a really good sense of the territory you want to cover in this interview. But you don't want to be like a robo question robot person. Um, You want it to be a conversation. So it really helps if you if you know the specific things you want to cover. But then once you review this list of questions, you kind of you extrapolate this list of talking points or topics you want to discuss. Okay, so when it's time to conduct the actual interview, a really good icebreaker that at least one that has helped me is to get on, you get on the horn and, and you're like, oh, thank you so much for meeting with me. I really appreciate it. This should only take X amount of time. And if it's just a subject matter interview um, and you just need a couple of quotes or something, it shouldn't take more than like 10 minutes maybe 15. Um, But keep an eye on the time. And if they have set a time boundary, make sure that you honor it. Anyway, so you get on and you thank them for their time, reiterate that this will not take very long or reiterate how long you anticipate it taking. And then I like to, as a good starter, verify the spelling of their name and their job title, like how they want to be referred to in the piece. And then if, um, if it makes sense, then also verify their pronouns. Now, this is a thing that not everyone does, and this is a thing that will make some of you bristle, I know. Um, but depending on your industry and depending on your values and depending on the values of the institution you are interviewing and the institution that you're writing for, um, that can be a really good question. And it is considered respectful. It's also considered P- PC, which I know a lot of people don't really appreciate so much oh there's one of our visitors um but it it is I mean most of the time I would do it unless I knew I was interviewing someone who have it who would have a problem with it I would just go ahead and do it just to verify just verifying information and making sure that we report correctly um often if if the pronoun issue is something that really matters to someone else they they may offer it Anyway, good talking point. Let me make sure I have your name right, your title right, and then I'm referring to you in the way that you want to be referred to. And then um, then you can launch into... So today, I'd, I just wanted to ask you a few questions about blah, 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 blah. Um, and then you roll into it. Um, but you need to... Um, I think one of, <clears throat> I think one of the most important things that I can encourage you to do for this interview is to make sure you've done your research. So you know this person's basic biography. You know their basic resume. You have read some of their material. You've looked up to see if they have a website, if they work at a university or some other, like a big corporation. See if you can find them quoted in other publications. Um... See if you can find anything that they've said on the particular subject that you're talking about so that you can go to them and be like, um, it's based in other interviews of yours that I've read. It sounds like you feel favorably about blah, blah, blah. Can you tell me more? Right. So you want to make sure that you show up and you've done a lot of the background heavy lifting. You've done a lot of the heavy lifting on the background. I remember one of my first interviews with like an important person 
um, I did not do a very good job of this. And I, I basically asked him to tell me his life story. And then as I was um, learning more about journalism, I realized that I should not have done that. I should have known his background. I should have known his career trajectory um, going into the interview because it was a waste of his time. He's already told that story a hundred times and all I had to do is go look for it. Um, anyway, so don't waste our time. Figure out the, the bits and pieces you can figure out beforehand so that you can have an in-depth conversation right from the start. This will also help them. It will help disarm them. Not that necessarily they're guarded, but it, it'll help build rapport with them if they can see that you have done um, your research, that you know a thing or two about them, that you really understand why they are considered a subject matter expert or, you know, whatever the role is. You've impressed them and so they're going to take you more seriously. They'll take this interview more seriously and you're, you're going to get more mileage from it, okay? Now, um, as you're asking your questions, make them open-ended. You don't want them to be yes or no. You, instead of saying, um, do you agree with this measure? You can say, um, do you agree with this measure? And why or why not, right? So if you find yourself asking a yes or no question, you can add something like, can you tell me why? Or follow up with, can you tell me why you feel that way? Um, so that you can get a better, um, you can get more information from them. You can get a better opinion, which is often quotable. Um, so the thing about that, that I'm going for there, is that you you want to find you you want to get information and quotes from your interview that oh there's another one of our interns that's the new guy um you want to get responses from them that will tap into some kind of emotion some kind of a feeling so um why do you when you ask someone why they agree with something, they can say, well, I think it really makes a lot of sense because of this and this and this, and that's fine. Or why do you not agree with something? It's, well, I think um, this policy was written by people who have never been on the floor actually doing this work. And, you know, like when you get feelings and not just intellectual responses, you're going to have more interesting material to work with. Um, and that's always a good thing, not a bad thing. Um, so good uh, ways that you can frame your question to bring up some kind of emotion is to think about um, presenting things on a scale of extremes. You know, think about words that, that are um, the most or the least. Um, the best, the worst. The biggest, the smallest, the fastest, the slowest. What's the best thing you think of that could come from XYZ. What's the worst thing you can think of? What's the worst thing that you think will come from XYZ? When is the last time you saw something this important happen, right? Any uh, responses to questions like that will already be emotionally charged. Um, another great question to include that kind of taps into that emotion thing is why should, think about your audience of the piece, think about the readers of the piece that you're writing, and, and name them and say, why should that particular group of people care about this thing that we're talking about today? 
Why should stay-at-home moms care about um, changes to freelance writing uh, regulations? Why should um, warehouse manufacturers care about, uh, sorry, warehouse managers care about this change in OSHA regulations, etc.? Um, that will give you some really good pointed material that you can work into your piece that makes it instantly relevant to, to these readers. And it may even give you a really good hook. You never know. Um, that's kind of the cool thing about interviews is they're super organic and you never know exactly what you're going to come out the other end with. You may have an idea of what you'll come out the other end with. Um, but you never know exactly what you're going to get. And it can, it can, good interview quotes can, can really enhance something that you're working on. And that's what this podcast is all about to help you get that stuff. Okay. So, um, another thing you can do is, um, if you need to get information flowing and they are not really flowing with the information, (laughs) find ways to get them to talk about themselves. People like to talk about themselves. You know, if you've seen Moana, and you know Tamatoa, the giant crab. Um, you know Moana's in kind of a sticky situation with him, and he's gonna—he's like about to eat her. And she knows that if she can get him to talk about himself, then that will stall him, and maybe she'll figure out a way to escape before he eats her, right? So she asks him a question about how fabulous he is, or something, and and he says, "Are you just getting me to? Are you just trying to get me to talk about myself?" Because if you are, and then he perks up and he's like, I shall gladly do so, right? <laughs> and now I'm quoting Moana on my podcast. Anyway, people, lo- and then he busts down into this crazy song. Um, people like to talk about themselves. People are often most comfortable talking about themselves. So to tap into that, like, flow, ask people what their opinion is on something. What are your thoughts on blah, blah, blah. What, what do you see happening with blah, blah, blah? Um, you can tap into your background. You've been in X industry for Z number of years. What do you think about this particular issue and where it's going to take things? How do you see this changing or affecting things or whatever, right? So ask them, what their perspective is. And if they have, if they're new to the industry, but they have a background in an other industry, that's a talking point. You've been in automobile manufacturing for um, 10 years. Um, based on what you saw there over the, over the course of your time in that industry, how do you see this particular issue playing out in this new industry that maybe other people who are only familiar with this industry might recognize or might not recognize, um, things like that. Um, yeah. So get their opinion on something. That's a great opportunity to tie in your background and, and really show that you've done some homework and that you're kind of, that you're thinking. Um, another thing you can do, and this is helpful for you and can also get them talking is if they mention something or if there's a concept that you just don't understand or you want them to tell you like what did you mean by that don't be afraid to say what did you mean by that or can you explain what you meant by blah 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 or can you explain what in your opinion what this new measure or this new regulation or this new um, trend 
means for this industry? Like, can you, can you explain it in your words? Um, another thing you can do is ask them to summarize their thoughts on the matter. Can you give me just a quick overview of what you see happening here? Can you give me just, just, can you just sum up your thoughts, um, in a sentence or two on whatever it is, this particular thing? What is the number one thing that you want people to know about this new physical therapy, um, approach? Something like that. Um, this will not work in all contexts, but some variation of that will work for you in a lot of contexts. Okay, so those are my interview tips. I also want to go over a couple of interview rules from the land of journalism, which is where I come from. Um, the first thing, and this is something that you need to do when you are... Um, asking for the interview, you're setting it up. And also when you get on the interview to reiterate, be very clear that you are a writer and that this interview is for a piece that will be published. You want them to be aware that anything they say could be quoted for publication so that they can not say things that they would not say <laughs> if they thought it would be published. Um, a lot of journalists will tell you that you should never agree to have the quotes pre-approved before they publish, you know, like never agree to have them approve stuff before it runs. Um, in marketing, sometimes that is allowed. Sometimes it's appropriate, like for a case study. Um, typically that that's going to get the interviewee's approval before it runs. Um, if you are not sure, check with your editor before you have the interview. Cause some people are going to ask, for approval, um, and you don't want to grant it and then have to take it back because that's that puts you in a sticky situation. So that that gets you out of journalistic integrity because journalism is supposed to be objective. It's supposed to be objective anyway. Um, and so outside sources beyond the reporting institution, you know, beyond the the journalist or the paper or the magazine, no one else is supposed to influence what gets reported. Uh, because it's supposed to be objective. However, marketing is not necessarily <laughs> supposed to be objective. <laughs> so check with your editor and see what they think about it. Um, some marketing teams, you know, some marketing departments will not want to do that because it's just one more hassle and signs of release and stuff like that. Some of them, you know, aren't really going to care. Uh, so verify before you go into it. Um, let's see. If someone says this is off the record, you cannot use that quote and you cannot use the information that they share with you. You cannot publish that information if they say it's off the record. Um, you cannot attribute, if you run with that information, you cannot attribute it to them. You have to pretend that it doesn't exist <laughs> in terms of what you're writing. Now you can go see if you can find some other way to verify it if you want. Um, but yeah, if they say off the record, you, you can't print that. Um, and again, in the beginning of your interview, thank them for their time. And then at the very end, when you're wrapping up, thank them again for their time. Okay? Let me know if you have any questions about interviewing. Uh, because, you know, interviewing is, it's kind of a science, but it's also really an art. <laughs> um, it's really good to practice your interviewing, if you can. And... Um, 
yeah, I would love to help troubleshoot and help you prepare for your interviews. If that is something that you have going on in your career, best way to get that kind of support is to come to the Facebook group. And uh, you can just go to theinkwellguild.com and that'll take you to the Facebook group. Or you can search for the Inkwell Guild on Facebook itself and request to join, answer the questions, and we'll let you in. And I'll see you over there. So, my friend, if you have been listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, have you left a review? I'm just wondering. And I only ask because reviews are really, really helpful for podcasters like me. I really care about what you're thinking, what you need, and how I can come alongside you and help you grow your freelance writing business so that it's something that really supports your life and gives you exactly what you're looking for in some kind of work from home, get paid to write type of thing. So if you have not left a review and you are so inclined, I would be deeply grateful (laughs) for your stars, for your commentary, and of course, I want you to tell me what you love so I can keep doing more of it. Thank you.